took yesterday off yesterday, and that's because kind of sick. Um, still feeling kind of iffy. I said I'd talk about the State of the Union speech by Joe Biden, and I'm going to do that today, but I'm not going to do it like I usually do with all these sound clips. There are a couple of them, but let's just go over this speech it, because it was really a disgusting speech and some of the reactions to it because there were a lot of reactions. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs> Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Okay, well, I'm recovering from a cold. Maybe it's the flu. i got a guy next door who's got the flu, so we'll have to see what it is. Feeling kind of lightheaded. Oh, fun stuff. Not COVID. Doubt it's COVID. It can't be COVID. I've already had it. So, but anyway, let's go over the State of the Union speech on Wednesday, and I, I saw it twice. I saw it live, and then I saw it on the Stephen Crowder show, because I love Louder with Crowder. And essentially, it was pretty much what I expected it was going to be. It was dumb, lots of lies, very scripted. Um, I'm sure you've heard tons about it, so I'm not even going to play a lot of clips. There are a few clips that I think are really worth playing. But let's get to it, and not BS too much with it. The first 12 minutes really dealt with Ukraine, which makes sense because he has nothing good to say about this country in the last year. There's nothing he's done that's been good in the last year. And so he decided to bring up Ukraine because most Amer I think it's some something like 95 Americans believe what Russia did was wrong. And I don't think there's any question what Russia did was wrong. Um, but he decided, uh, hey, I can spend 12 minutes of my hour-long speech and just basically go off on you on Russia. And now, I was kind of surprised because he didn't directly blame Trump for Russia. I thought we'd hear some of that. But I think unity was maybe something they were trying, he was trying to do, of course, that didn't exactly work out. Um, he said the United States led the way for unifying Europe. Um, that's a lie. Europe unified because they saw Russia as, as a threat. The United States has been behind when it comes to sanctions, everything against Russia from day one. And even uh, Voldemort Zelensky has said that, no, um, Europe had nothing to do... Uh, Volodymyr Zelensky said, yeah, the United States, they haven't done anything. As a matter of fact, the United States needs to do more. I mean, and, and the whole garbage with the sanctions. The sanctions are kind of weak. We're still importing Russian oil. About 500,000 barrels a day. And one of the things Biden did say is, well... I'm going to release 60,000 barrels of oil, which is a grand total of three days worth of oil he's going to release. Get, uh, oil uh, prices are at about 110, what is it, $110 a barrel. It, it, it's, it's out of control. The United States did nothing. Germany, and I, I think I, I made this very clear the last time 
the last podcast I or when we talked about Ukraine, that Ukraine that Europe is getting nervous with Ukraine. And so of course they're gonna do things. And it has nothing to do with unification with the United States. The United States was always behind in this whole thing. By the way, he never took responsibility for, I should have done this before. I should have set these sanctions up. And then he sets up sanctions, but doesn't set up all of the sanctions. It's just insane that this guy just doesn't seem to know what he's doing. So that was the first 12 and a half minutes, 13 minutes of the speech. And a lot of it was, yay, United States, yay, Ukraine. You, you had all these people wearing Ukrainian flags on their chests, and they replaced the American flag. The Congress people replaced the American flag lapel pin that they have to wear and put Ukrainian lapel pins, which is really weird. I have a feeling if the United States was at war, was invaded by, let's say, Canada or Mexico, yeah, whatever, um, that Ukraine's not going to switch out their flag pins for the United States. So I thought this was just kind of, kind of weird. But it just shows that, you know, we didn't do everything we had to do with Ukraine, and yet we're acting like we're in full 100% support with Ukraine. I I don't think we should be. I think we need to stay away. I mean, there's talk about setting up a, what do they call that? A uh, no-fly zone over there. The United States should, or NATO should help set up a no-fly zone. Uh, That's insane. That'll get us into another war. We could be heading towards World War III already, because of Ukraine and Russia. We we have no idea. I mean, today it was reported that if both China and Russia decided to perform cyber attacks against the United States, the Defense Department said we couldn't defend it. So we might already be in a world war. I don't know. It just hasn't kicked in yet. It hasn't become a fighting war yet. But whatever. I mean... It is what it is. It's just, this, this, today, another thing we just learned, Joe Biden suspended a missile launch this week, a test missile launch for a hypersonic missile, and he did it because he was afraid he was going to piss off Russia. Everything we have shown here has been of weakness. Russia, this is exactly the time to test a missile so that Russia knows what he's dealing with. Russia knows what we're, they're dealing with. But we just are so weak. Anyway, so that was the whole part. I know I went more off on that than I should have. Um, then he went into the economy and he started the economic talk the way all politicians do this about his father and his youth and make it emotional. And I hate when politicians do this. And they and they all do it. As a matter of fact, I think the only politician that didn't sit there and start talking about his daddy in a tearful moment was Donald Trump. He never did that. But all politicians do this. I guarantee you, when you look at the... Um, when you look at the... Which sounds like it's going to be really boring. But when you look at the confirmation of his Supreme Court justice, you will hear a bunch of politicians that start talking about, you know, the grandmam, 
their grandmas and stuff like that. It, it's just, it's such crap. So he started talking about that. And then he brought up some of his, he brought up two of his accomplishments, which actually really weren't accomplishments. The first was the American Rescue Plan. And then he started talking about how this American Rescue Plan created 6.5 million jobs. Okay, this was one of his first, well, I mean, second, this is the second lie. The first lie is the United States unified Europe during the Russia-Ukraine war. It didn't, it didn't unify anybody. Europe did what they had to do because they realized, okay, this could be a problem in the future. Yeah, the American Rescue Plan didn't create 6.5 million jobs. So there's his second lie already. And you're talking 12 minutes into the, you're talking 13 minutes into the speech. There's absolutely no evidence from anyone that the American Rescue Plan did a damn thing when it came to jobs. It just handed people lots of money. As a matter of fact, it probably did the opposite of it in that it kept people at home because people kept getting money and we already know that most people just decided not to go back to work because they had all this extra money. Their savings accounts were larger than it was in the past. So this this was just something, there's evidence that says the American Rescue Plan, which is that $1,500 check you got last year, actually kept people from going to work. The American Rescue Plan also... Also, by the way, that's 6.5 million jobs. I hate when politicians say this. The government doesn't create jobs. The government just creates the environment for jobs. Either that environment promotes job creation or that environment demotes job creation. It just depends. Joe Biden's policies actually hurt job creation. But let's just say, okay, 6.5 million jobs were added last year. That's still four of, that's still about 4 million jobs less than what was pre-pandemic. You got to remember we had we had unemployment at like 3.5%. 3.4%. If we're at 4.8% unemployment right now, we're still not there as far as unemployment goes. So to sit back and say, oh, we created all these jobs. Even the New York Times is saying, no, this isn't necessarily true. And by the way, we spent $6 trillion in 2021. We should, something good should be happening. Well, it's not. So the American Rescue Plan, I great. We got our we got fifteen hundred dollars last year, but by the way, we paid taxes, so that fifteen hundred dollars was basically the money that we already gave them. So I, 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 I didn't get anything from the government. I've been paying the government. I should get something. Then he goes in and he demonized the, the Trump tax cuts as bad for America, saying that it only helped the top one percent. This is, again, just a flat-out lie. Actually, the opposite happened. One of the things that Trump did was eliminate the salt, uh, salt deductions from the federal government. Now, what the salt deductions do is it is made so that 
you cannot deduct state or local taxes, and that's what it means, state and local taxes. You cannot deduct state and local taxes from your federal ta- income tax. So you have to pay both state taxes and federal income tax. So if I had, um, if I had paid ten thousand dollars in state taxes, and I was scheduled to pay ten thousand dollars in federal taxes, with salt I can deduct my state taxes from my federal taxes. So I only pay ten thousand dollars. Trump eliminated that. So now I have to pay both state and federal tax. Total of twenty thousand dollars. So if you're a top earner, you actually got killed by Trump's tax uh, tax cuts. This is something they don't talk about. And this is why California wants to re-implement SALT because California already charges really high taxes and companies like Tesla are leaving to go to states that don't do state taxes because you just doubled Elon Musk's taxes. This was a tax cut for the middle class, not the not the upper class. The 1% got killed on Trump's tax cuts. The second big accomplishment is the um, infrastructure bill. And apparently the infrastructure bill, which, you know, was supposed to, like, fix roads and bridges and crap, apparently that's going to make us competitive with China. I don't know if he even knows what competitive means. You got to remember, this guy is a freaking um, politician. He's never really done anything in his life. I So I guess building a road will be better. But the thing with the infrastructure bill, he started listing some of the things like free internet and stuff that has nothing to do with infrastructure. So I'm not really sure. I, that was an expensive bill. It was 1.2 trillion. So I'm not sure how the infrastructure bill is going to make us competitive. But he was touting it. Well, I do understand. He touted the two bills: the infrastructure bill and the the uh, uh, the recovery bill. He announced those because that's all he has. There are no wins for Joe Biden. Then he goes off on things that he wants to do. And that was most of the speech. The Innovation Act is something that would supposedly build factories in the United States through subsidies. Now, I hate subsidies because basically what you're doing with subsidies is you're taking taxpayer money and you're taking it from one group and you're putting it into another. So a lot of these subsidies, you're taking them from small business because you raise taxes. And then you give it to another business. So I think it's absolute crap. Um, And then he doesn't really seem to understand how economics work because he says Biden sat back and said, well, one of the things we should do is to to innovate is to raise the minimum wage. Not sure how creating more how creating more burden on business by raising the minimum wage is actually going to fix businesses or make businesses want to spend more money. That doesn't make sense. You're raising the cost for the business. How is raising costs going to make businesses want to innovate? They've got to spend more money 
to get people into their into their places. Finally, he got to inflation, and he gave us a bunch of ideas about curing inflation. Now, I want you to listen to some of the things he wants to do. Okay, he wants to increase the minimum wage to fifteen dollars an hour. First off, most wages are fifteen dollars an hour now because they can't hire anybody because nobody wants to work thanks to his American Rescue Plan. Uh, he wants to cut the cost of prescription d- drugs. Which is weird because Trump already did that. And how he did it was make allow states to buy drugs from Canada where they're cheaper. But he, he vetoed that. He got rid of that through an executive order. He wants to give tax credits for weatherizing houses. And they want to weatherize house, houses because of the environment. He wants to cut costs of electric cars, cut costs of child care, bring back the child tax credit, invest in community colleges, support unionization, and, of course, raise taxes. So can I ask you a question? How is any of this going to lower prices? How is my kid getting free community college, which is crap anyway, because community college is garbage? How is that going to lower inflation? How is cutting prescription drugs? And by the way, you cut, let's just say, you cut prescription drugs, you cut the cost of child care, you cut the cost of electric cars. Um, isn't someone going to pay for that? Maybe the businesses are going to pay for that? So if you go to Tesla and tell Tesla they got to cut their cars from $45,000 a piece to 30000 so the business has to take the cut on that? I, I don't understand it. And then the other thing is raising taxes. They talk specifically from raising individual taxes and corporate taxes, payroll taxes. How is this exactly going to encourage business and lower inflation? I, I don't know. It's economics 101. But if you raise taxes on a business, guess what the business does? Lays people off. None of that makes sense. And then, of course, he talked about how if you raise taxes, it's only going to be for $400,000 or above, which is just an absolute load of crap. Inflation is a de facto tax, by the way. And I got news for you. We're getting absolutely killed. He says companies need to lower costs, yet everything he talked about is raising costs. And and by the way, wages, paying someone to work is a cost for a business. He and what was what really got weird, he, then he started demonizing businesses for raising their prices. Like the businesses are going out there to try and make a profit. Um, no, that's not how economics works. And why didn't this happen two and a half years ago? What, two and a half years ago when everybody had money, it would make sense to raise prices. Not economic sense, but it would make sense to raise prices. Now, everybody from gas to cars to grocery stores to meat to produce, everything's raised up and it's because all of these companies are trying to make a profit? This guy doesn't understand how inflation works or he's just not serious about it. 
Everything he's trying to do actually discourages businesses. Then he mentioned he wants to fix the tax system so the wealthy and corporations pay their fair share. First off, this is the biggest load of BS I have. I, I, I hear this all the time, and it drives me absolutely crazy. Here's the reality. Someone without, someone without a job and no income gets welfare, gets food stamps, gets unemployment, and they get huge ta tax breaks at the end of the year. That's that's an absolute. I, I can I'll name I name one for you. Somebody who does not have has not had a job last year is getting eight thousand dollars back from the government, and the accountant no taxable income. She didn't pay taxes. I'm not exaggerating here. She did not pay taxes. She didn't have a job. She's getting $8,000 back. And then the accountant told her, okay, what you also need to do is go on welfare and food stamps so that you can get more deductions next year. Here's the reality. The top 10% of earners, and I'm not in the top 10% of earners, pay all of the net taxes. That's an absolute reality. Yes, they can get around the taxes because they have lawyers and things like that. They can figure out how to cut, cut, cut. But they still pay a ton of taxes. Elon Musk, in 2021, paid $5 billion in taxes. Does that sound like he's not paying his fair share? Then he gets into the China virus and... Um, how we could go mask-free now and how the government did such a great job uh, in ending the pandemic, which you knew this was coming. He didn't say it directly because I think he knew that would be an absolutely asinine statement. But he said we still but he said the government, we still have the vaccination program. Everyone needs to get vaccinated, even though 75% of the people are vaccinated, and God knows what the percentage is that have natural immunity. I'm vaccinated and have natural immunity. So we're good to go. By the way, that tells you something. If I'm vaccinated and have natural immunity, it means I caught it after I got the vaccination last year. So so much for the vaccinations actually working. He's, the government is going to push antivirals onto the market, so if you do catch it, you can take a pill. The government is going to provide tests, and the government is going to be prepared for new variants. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Be prepared for another emergency, because that's exactly what they're going to push after the elections next year. Because this variant, this virus isn't going anywhere. But meanwhile, that's not going to be great before the elections. They have to open up. So he decided, okay, um, we're going to end shutdowns of schools and businesses. Now, some of the schools are not exactly in for that. We'll have to see what happens. And then he sat there and said, we're going to send vaccines all around the world. By the way, this was one of his biggest flubs in the entire deal. Where he sits back and he talks, he sits back and he talks about how he's going to send the vaccines around the world, and then he tried to throw in an analogy there. Oops, bad analogy. A lot of people saw it as a flub. I didn't see it as a flub. Listen, and then I'll tell, I'll talk to you about why. See if you can figure it out. Fourth, 
will continue vaccinating the world. We've sent 475 million vaccine doses to 112 countries, more than any nation on Earth. We won't stop. Because you can't build a wall high enough to keep out a, 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 a vaccine. The vaccine can stop the spread of these diseases. Now, a lot of these people are calling this a flub by Joe Biden. Um, yes and no. It was a flub by Joe Biden. He didn't catch this before he said the speech, before he gave the speech. This was not a flub by Joe Biden. This was a flub by the speechwriter. What, what he was supposed to say is, we can build a wall high enough to stop this virus. Well, you know what the problem is with that? The Biden administration for the last two years has been saying that walls don't work because that's exactly what Trump wanted to build on the southern border. And he stopped the building of the wall. And he did not want to even get in to the ad that would be created by Republican candidates that said that, okay, um, walls do work and I didn't want to build a wall. And, oh, by the way, we have an absolute border crisis. By the way, here's something that really bothers me about his whole China virus thing and his vaccination thing. He never thanked Donald Trump for creating the vaccine. Donald Trump, the Johnson & Johnson, the Pfizer, and the Moderna vaccines were all created under Trump because Trump changed the regulations. And... To this day, he has yet to say anything about Trump creating the vaccines. As a matter of fact, the only thing I remember is before he became president, they said they would never take the vaccines. A newsflash. The messaging from the Biden administration has been terrible when it comes to COVID. They've killed more people. They've been mixed in, uh, they've been mixed in their messaging about the vaccines and the virus. They have spent a full year keeping kids masked. They have jacked everything up when it comes to the virus. But, you know, now they are they are the heroes. They saved the world from this virus. And because the virus is over, it is time to unify. You know, we've lost so much in COVID-19 time with one another the worst of all the much the loss of life let's use this moment to reset so stop looking at covid as a partisan dividing line see it for what it is a god-awful disease let's stop sending each seeing each other as enemies and start seeing each other for who we are fellow americans look This is coming from a guy who demonized people who wouldn't wear masks. This is coming from a guy who demonized people who didn't want the vaccine. This is coming from a guy who who called Ron DeSantis a Neanderthal because he opened his state. This is a guy who supported politicians who believed... People should die if they were unvaccinated. He even said, we're all gonna, you're all going to die. He said that in December. 
This is a guy who was considering not allowing unvaccinated people to go to hospitals. I do not want to hear about his unification. But he continued on and he said one of the th- reasons one of the ways we must unify is by funding the police, not defunding the police. Biden himself supported defunding the police. The two people behind him during the speech, Kamala Harris raised bail funds for BLM rioters during the pandemic. You know, the same rioters that were burning down businesses and killing people. Nancy Pelosi, who was behind him also, wore a kinte cloth and knelt when uh, during the George Floyd protests in coordination with BLM. I, I don't want to hear about defunding the police from him. He was part of the... He spent two years on defunding the police. And suddenly he wants to fund them again? This is crap. It's, it's a grift. It's a lie. I don't think it's going to work. Then he brings up stuff that he wants to do that are not exactly unifying. He wants to bring up gun... He brought up gun control. Getting rid of ghost guns, establishing a gun registry. That way the government knows where our guns are and they can come in and take them whenever they want. Allowing people to sue gun manufacturers and gun stores. Does that sound unifying? He goes off on the assault of voting rights. By the way, all voting rights means is you have to have an ID, basically. Does that sound unifying? He talked about the border needing to be secured and acknowledged, but not acknowledge that two million people illegals were caught this year. He also talked about he wanted amnesty for illegal aliens. He wanted legalization for Ill- the illegal aliens called dreamers. Does that sound like unification? I'm against that. He talked about protecting abortion. Does that sound like unification? I'm against killing of children. He is against protecting kids from sex changes, such as with drugs and with surgery. He said we need to protect their rights to have surgery and drugs at freaking 10. Does that sound like unification? He wants the government to control social media. In other words, he wants censorship. Which, by the way, got him elected. Does that sound like unification? Can you, for me, I can't unify against any of that stuff. I don't believe in any of that. But he's he thinks that's unification. You know who it unifies? The left. Listen, it wasn't much of a speech. And I never really talked about, it wasn't really, he never really talked about the State of the Union. He talked about what he wants to do in the next year. It was a speech about how much more money he wants to spend, how much more taxes, and then it'll get better. He, he, he basically said that. He didn't talk about a lot of things. A lot of things that are important. Like, by the way, the Afghanistan retreat. Why wasn't that brought up? 
the China-Taiwan conflict that seems to be escalating right now. How about why he didn't block Russian imports of oil? We're still importing 500,000 barrels of oil a day. How about the Iran nuclear negotiations he's doing, which, by the way, involves Russia directly? Why isn't he talking about that? He mentioned inflation, but he didn't blame any of his policies for inflation. And what about crime? It's his policies that really that really set crime on edge. The leftist policies that he's embraced. What he did was, and I'm going to cuss now, turn it down, two, one, zero. What he did was chicken shit. He changed his positions. About, an example would be defunding the police. Because it's a losing position. He always he was always for defunding the police. Suddenly he's not for defunding the police anymore? Of course not. He's not for defunding the police because 70% of people or 80% of people believe you need police to stop crime. 70% and I'm not the only one who thought this speech was crap. 70% of viewers saw it and they weren't moved at all. They thought it was just a crap speech. And the last polls we looked at show the speech didn't move his his position in the polling anywhere. In fact, it got worse in some places. Greg Gutfeld of Fox News went off on this speech and he he really had some he had some he was pissed about it. He had some serious opinions about it. Listen. After, you know, I got it. I'm not going to let the media strategy of contrasting the squad with Joe Biden to somehow reconstitute the myth of his moderation. Right. You got to give credit to the squad because they're stupid. They're wrong. They're unforgivable. But at least they're consistent to their principles. This jackass did, was, didn't do a thing when cops were being killed. When, 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 when businesses were being burned, he hid in his basement and only when it became politically expedient, when he was worried about losing an election, and now when an election is coming up, all of a sudden he's backing the blue because he felt it was better at the time, right, to embrace the woke orthodoxy that put BLM above law enforcement. That's what he did. So I'm sorry, when I see, you know, CNN's recently purchased conservatives, you know, those principal few supporting, oh, isn't this great? Look at him. Such a good thing. You're an idiot because this guy was nowhere to be found. Lastly, the thing that gets me bad, that gets me crazy is I know a lot of people are pissed off about these two Republicans that heckled. That's nothing compared to this cosplay that you see, the stand up and applause, the sit down, no matter how stupid Biden said something, people have to applause. This is kabuki applause line theater, right? And we are expected as idiot Americans to go, oh, wow, everything coming out of his mouth is somehow majestic and moral and meaningful. Of course not. And by the way, both sides do this, right? But for some reason, it is more disgusting. Heckling is bad, but heckling is real. What we watched there was fake. And for anybody applauding him supporting law enforcement, you're an idiot. I didn't even get into the uh, uh, Bro, uh, Brobert or Bobert sitting and heckling Biden. I, I, we're going to talk about that tomorrow. But it's true. 
Everything he said was true. This whole thing, State of the Union, was made into kind of a religious ceremony. And the problem is, this religious ceremony, it's all lies. Everything he said was lies. It was a crappy speech. It was a staged speech. Even the standing up and, and applauding, all of that was staged. Heck, Nancy Pelosi screwed up and stood up at the wrong time, stood up before she was supposed to. Chuck Schumer stood up when he wasn't supposed to. The Chuck Schumer one was hysterical because he stood up, realized, oops, sat back down, and then the applause line came up and he stood up. It was all crap. It was all theater. But hey, you know, and tomorrow we'll talk about Bobert and her screaming at Biden about something he didn't mention. And I think it's important because I think it's it's it just shows how this president just doesn't give a damn about people. He only gives a damn about himself. But what's a speech without a compilation of gifts, gaffes during the speech? And there, it, it's hard to hear the gaffes because I didn't really include a lot of uh, clips. But here's one. This one's from Grabian. And it's a smaller cut about a, a little less than two minutes of just gaffes he made throughout the throughout the speech and gaffes by some of the Democrats. Like some of the gaffes you're not going to be able to see because you can go to dumbassestalkingpolitics.com and take a look at the video. Now, originally, this video was seven minutes long. The speech was an hour long. It was about 102 minutes. This was seven minutes long, which means one-fifth of his speech was just gaffes. So let's listen to this cut-down version of it from Grabian. We're cutting off Russia's largest banks in the international financial system, preventing Russia's central bank from defending the Russell ruble. We spent months building coalitions of other freedom-loving nations in Europe and the Americas to, from America to the Asian and African continents. And the cost, the threats to the America and America to the world keeps rising. Putin may circle Kiev with tanks, but he'll never gain the hearts and souls of the Iranian people. He'll never, he'll never extinguish their love of freedom. He met with a wall, a wall of strength he never anticipated or imagined. And a pound of Ukrainian people, the proud, proud people, pound for pound, ready to fight with every inch of energy they have. I call it building a better America. <laughs> Because you can't build a wall high enough to keep out a, 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 a vaccine. The vaccine can stop the spread of these diseases. Because I know there's simply nothing beyond our, our capacity to compete for the jobs of the future. We also need a loving playing field that they later chose to parole, to uh, patrol as police officers. Back to a no, norm, more normal routines. I can't promise a new variant won't come. But I can, I can promise you, we'll do everything within our power to be ready if it does. Third, <laughs> man, assault weapons with high-capacity magazines hold up 100 rounds. You think the deer are wearing Kevlar vests? To make our forces more safer and be able to wage war more with more clarity. We're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. <laughs> Many of you have been there. Go get him.
I listened to Louder with Crowder while watching this, and they play a drinking game, and him flubbing is part of the drinking game. So every time he flubs, you drink. I got news for you. I was wasted after that speech. So tomorrow we'll talk about Lorraine, Lorraine, uh, Lorena or Lorraine Bobert and her little comment because the reaction has been hysterical, but no one seems to point out that it was Biden that created that uh, outburst. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Plus, it's Stupid Friday, and what can be stupider than AOC? And I swear to God, unless I die tonight, we will play a video tomorrow. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbass Talking Politics.